unless you think, you know, in the middle of this conversation that it doesn't pertain to you at any stage in your life, I refer back to a previous conversation that Chris and I've had related to the value of empathy in the workplace. Mm. And empathy to me is just one of those key uh, sort of soft skills that, I mean, you even have a great, you reference a great article for Google that just talks about the, you know, like six or seven things that they look for that are soft skills and empathy is one of them. And tied in with that is really the willingness and openness to listen to other people's perspectives. And I think, Mm. you know, as you listen to what Chris is saying, you need to understand it's not just something that is nice. And, you know, this is important for us to keep in mind, but it actually will lead to the success of your sustainable employment as you become a young adult and into adulthood, because companies are rife with plenty of employees that don't have tolerance, that don't want to listen to perspectives and that aren't empathetic. Mm. And if you want to stand out in the workplace and you want to stand out within your teamwork in college and, you know, your internships, those two things, the ability to just listen to other people's perspectives doesn't mean you have to agree with them. Doesn't mean you have to, you know, go attend a protest with them. You know, you don't have to, to chime in with them every time, but your ability to do that, I think is incredibly tied into your success as a, as a healthy young adult. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. And I think part of the reason that empathy is so important nowadays is that, I mean, it's, it's basic for the fabric of society being moved by the feelings of other people. Those are conduits that a level of communication and understanding that allows what we do as complex beings to happen. I mean, there's a, there's a book. um, I never remember authors or, or book names, which is bad being both an author who has a book and someone who has a name, but um, oh, Yuval Harari. There we go. I did remember that one in his book, Sapiens. I think it is. He talks about the concept of shared imagination. And it was fascinating because he's, he's put words to something that we see all around us. But the idea is that, Humans are unique in that we are we are the only species that we've seen that has shared imagination, and uh, basically that you know we we've even seen evidence of empathy in in other creatures. We know other creatures communicate, but shared imagination that's unique to humans, and that that allows us to do much much bigger things. You know your your relational connection. Uh, we can build uh, you know relatively big groups and into the hundreds with uh, with just a strong personality. But once you get much bigger than that. Uh, you need you need something that may not necessarily be tangible. You need a concept um, that has to be shared, and and so we do. And our life is full of shared imagination. Nations are an imaginary construct. They only exist because we all agree they exist. Um, I mean, and you can say, well, there's borders. There's yes, but all those actually are outflowings of the imaginary thing. They with you know you can you can take away. You, all of the money, all the border and the concept can still exist. So shared imagination, very, very important. It allows us to have company. Corporations are an imaginary thing. We all just agree on. Our currency is an imaginary thing. We all just agree on, you know, it, it's slips of paper. Uh, in the fact, now it's less than account, that. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just it. Now, now it's not even slips of paper. Now it's, it's digital. It's even more imaginary. It's, you know, it's ones and zeros that we've all just decided combination of ones and zeros represent a thing that we'll all share in the imagination of. So all that to say, shared imagination, incredibly powerful, but it's built on the back of a lattice work and a network and a framework of empathy because imagination only works if if we're incentivized to do it and you can incentivize shared imagination through fear through power through all kinds of things but 
honestly one of the strongest um again support structures for that shared imagination is empathy we are moved by feelings um in fact we spend billions of dollars on stories we we go to movies we listen to podcasts we read books because because we're hungry for that for that emotional connection and the thing is it's for something that's so ingrained uh, societally in in and underpins all these great things we can do some of our things that we've been able to create because of what we built on that empathetic foundation are actually making it very, very hard to be empathetic. And so nowadays, I think the reason we put so much um, attention and draw so much focus to empathy uh, is that it is, it's harder to be empathetic. There were environmental factors that helped our empathy before that we sort of technologically moved past. So now we have to be far more intentional. Something that used to occur naturally, building empathy, a lot of those things don't. So now we need to be intentional about it. And and I do, I think this relates to to privilege as well. That you know, it's uh, it's become a privilege to be aware of and benefit from empathy, and even that is something worth bearing in mind. You know, I think, um, for instance, one of the other privileges that oftentimes is associated with TCKs, and again, I don't I don't think privilege is negative in this particular context uh, until it moves into entitlement. That's negative. But one of the privileges many TCKs, not all, but many TCKs have, is usually being part of a displaced. Um, or, or a unique or special group uh, makes community, interdependent community, a bit easier. You know, I noticed this. I, I worked with the military when I was young. As I'm old now, I get to say things like that. Back when I was young, um, decades, literally a decade and a half ago. Um, and, and when I was young working with the military, absolutely took for granted, you know, the incredible sense of interdependent community we had because I worked on a base overseas. So I had, it was like a Petri dish to build community. We had displaced people who are looking for similar people because they're displaced. We all worked on a base. We had shared language. We had shared mission. We had just this rich, rich nutrients to make community grow. And that is a phenomenal privilege. Community, it doesn't grow as naturally now in the world. We we have so much that can make us independent and and we exercise a lot of independence. So even the benefits of interdependent community, that's a privilege that many TCKs have. Being in in the kind of communities TCKs live in, the transience even adds to it. You know, if it and and this isn't to say there aren't downsides. My gosh, there are certainly struggles that come come with this, but that's that's the way all life is. Every kind of upbringing has challenges uh, and strengths. And so even that, I think one of the things I was guilty of when when privilege becomes entitlement um was was kind of getting annoyed when I when I kind of started living in in less transient places. I was just really annoyed that people weren't, you know, reaching out to to welcome me. Why were these people not, you know, we need to build community. How do you people not get that? But again, that was that was a privilege I enjoyed. It was I lived in a set of circumstances that made interdependence um easier. And and yeah, to to demand and put the onus on everyone else, and uh, that's that's entitlement to think. Why are you people not welcoming me into this community? When in their mind, they they probably have established community. I'm I'm this new element, and they're not they're not used to that. So, and maybe that's another flag is when you start projecting problems onto other people. Um, I think that's a that's a sign of entitlement. Um, the privileges we have. You know, and it it can't be a guilt game because because no, I, you know, I I was just fortunate to be born this way. You know, I I was born into a set of circumstances that allowed me to afford the privileges of a TCK, 
Um, so I don't think it's a it's a blame game. I think it's more a, once you're aware of it, it becomes an onus to wow, I've got these great things. I need to make use of them as much as I can for other people, and and that that becomes empathy. Is you know I realize, man, I've benefited from interdependent community, from multiple perspectives, from a level of security. What can I do to bring that to other people? And the same token, what can I gain from other people that I'm missing? You know, I, my goodness, I'm terrible at conflict resolution. I was not privileged by being, you know, brought up in a system that that brought out those skills. And so realizing, man, I have a lot to learn from other people, you know, and I think it's that, it's that, again, that empathy, that wow, how, how do I gain, how do I gain from other people and how do I give to other people? Um, I think that helps keep, keep it, (laughs) keep privilege in balance. So you bring up a good point about sort of bridging those two worlds or those two perspectives and, and especially from a relational perspective, you know, I mean, everything we do is based on relationship in some tiered form just by nature of being human. So what, So I guess two questions that would be, what's the value of being a bridge, you know, when you're struggling Mm. with that? And then secondly, you know, how, what are some ways that we can bridge beyond just empathizing and thinking and, and self-awareness, you know, just, Mm. gosh, that was really interesting. I am self-aware that perhaps my background is giving me a perspective that, you know, these people don't have, or a language that these people don't have, or a set of experiences that these people don't have, how do I bridge that effectively or begin to think about that? Yeah. Well, I think bridges are important because, you know, the, the ideal imagery of a bridge, uh, the way we're talking about it would be to remember that it's, it's two-way traffic. You know, a bridge is your connection to other people. And it means that, you know, you get to give of your experience and perspective um, and and you get to gain from other people's experience and perspective. And um, I, I read a great study uh, published by and very insightful. <laughs> and who knows where it was from, but I read it. And it talked about, uh, again, sort of that shared imagination that we do the same thing with shared knowledge. And um, one of the ways they they tested this, I thought was really funny. They They took a survey and asked a bunch of people, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how well do you think you can explain how a toilet works? And most people were like, I don't know, five. And so, like, okay, you know, explain it. And for most people, after they started explaining it, realized they don't actually, they're like, well, you know, you flush it and water moves because plumbing and there's water and there's seals, you know, and plumbing. And after you try to explain it, you realize I have no idea. I don't know, it's just this magical thing. And the reason people rated themselves higher was because we may not have direct information, but we don't have to. You know, I, I don't need to know how a toilet works because I have access to a plumber. So what we do societally is we we are stronger because of our shared knowledge. We're stronger because I couldn't possibly be an expert in everything. Um, but for me to be successful, I don't have to be. Um, I just have to have access to other people's speciality. And we do ourselves a massive disservice if we forget that we take for granted constantly and we assume as our own knowledge a bunch of everyone else's knowledge. You know, when when asked to explain a toilet, most of us, you know, may not rate ourselves 10 out of 10, but we'd probably give ourselves a, a five until you actually have to do it. And then you're like, oh, actually, maybe I can explain it on a one. I know you press this button and water happens. 
and that's about it. That's about all I got. You know, uh, now you have I know there's S curves. Thinking my yeah. that. <laughs> bottom tank spells it's... water. Water from a top tank inserts water. Yeah, exactly. You're like gravity is pulling water down. There's a seal there, and you know you can get into some details, but. Yeah. But yeah, we we really can't explain it that well. But we don't have to because we have access to plumbers. Um, and so bridges bridges are the key to our success in life. Um, it is desperately inefficient to try to become an expert in everything. Desperately inefficient, and we would not succeed. What we benefit from is the network of information we have access to. And some people are naturally very good at this. I have a friend who, man, his gift in life is just surrounding himself with people who can do amazing things. I helped him out with his wedding. He he got married overseas. Um, and I mean, it was a weird adventure. A load of things happened. He wanted to get married, you know, in, in Ireland and on the Cliffs of Moher. And I happen to know a farmer who has land butting up against the Cliffs of Moher. So we were able to have this private ceremony because I ran into this farmer 10 years ago because I got lost. And and he did have this magic fairy tale wedding. And and you're on the front of a GQ magazine as a result and of I, that. Right. <laughs> so, you know, so there's that. Sometimes you just need people who are on GQ. Uh, but it is, it's, you know, his wedding was able to be amazing because he knows me. And, and I mean, this guy, he's, he's from, he's from the U S and has very little international travel experience. So the only way he could make this, this dream of getting married at this beautiful spot in Ireland that he'd never been to, by the way, um, was because he knows me and I have access to the information. And that's his skill is he will pull together people so that his reach is phenomenal. And that's, man, that's that's being a smart human. That's making use of all the things available to us, but it requires a bridge. Um, you know, we can be transactional to a degree, um, but I personally, I'm, I think by evidence of the way humanity works, transactional will only get us so far. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, and I use the example of just, we, we hunger for genuineness. I think if, you know, if you hung out with me because you were legally required to do so, no matter what we did, I would feel it. And it, you know, even if we went to an amusement park, if you were there and you were like, oh my gosh, I have to be here. Let's do this. Let's get it over with. Even though, even though we're doing fun things, it's going to feel different. Whereas if you hang out with me because you want to, that changes the feeling entirely. And we humans, we were hungry for genuineness. And so transaction will, we'll, we need transaction, you know, we're, we're a law abiding, we love contracts, we love right and wrong, but, but we're more than that. And bridges, bridges make that more possible. So I think bridges are important. They're two-way traffic. They give us access to means and knowledge and experience beyond our own. And no one human can contain all the knowledge or experience to be, to be what we need to be in today's world. And so bridges are important. Um, as far as how you do that, um, I think curiosity is is a huge part of it. You know, curiosity is is such an important skill with empathy. Curiosity is the drive to say, you know, how did you how did you get here? What what is your story? And I talk about the power of narrative a lot, and I think that that's a huge part of curiosity and empathy is is being driven to know what what is your story? What brought you to this place? Why do you think what you do? How did you come by this knowledge? Um, that curiosity is often listed as as one of the most important skills in empathy. And curiosity builds bridges. Uh, people love when you're interested in them, and it will make them more interested in you. And that builds bridges. And then you have access to their knowledge and their experience and their wisdom and their network. Um, 
and man, what a powerful thing nowadays, you know, a change is happening so rapidly that it's, it isn't, it's not a luxury anymore to, to say, oh, I've got a great, you have to have a great network now. Change happens so quickly. We're going to need more skills than any one of us can possibly have on our own. So we need to be useful to others and, and make use of the others in our lives. So you know, I think uh, my my final evidence of that, besides now that we've talked about research from toilets, because that's very important, um, <laughs> there there was an article in somewhere on the BBC. So I believe it's true; must be true. The BBC said so, and it talked about how basically our change management skills are tied into this. That if you have a good understanding of story, let's say for example, you you run into a beggar on the street. If you have a good capacity for story, um, you are more likely they say statistically to intervene somehow, because you would look at a homeless person or a beggar and think, well, they haven't always been this way. They have a past. They are this way now. It's their present, but they don't always have to be this way. They have a distinct future. And story in some ways is tied to change management and curiosity and empathy and bridge building, because it's just that. It's understanding things were, are, and will be. So you'd be more likely to intervene and think, you know, maybe I could do something to help. Whereas without a good sense of story, we tend to react more statically. We tend to react just to whatever emotion comes up first. So maybe that's disgust or fear or shame or guilt, um, but it, it limits us. So so storytelling and curiosity for stories builds bridges. And taking it back to the main theme, I think, I think it also helps us keep our privilege in check. Um, mm-hmm. Your story is your story and it comes with privileges. And rather than feel guilty or ashamed of those privileges, I think I think what we should feel is not just even a responsibility, but the joy of being able to connect our story. Um, privilege that leads to entitlement is a negative thing. When you suddenly demand that whatever privileges you have should be maintained, that I think is very, very negative. Uh, first of all, because not everyone can do that. Not everyone has had your story. But I think you can turn that around to a very positive thing with that bridge building analogy and the shared knowledge analogy and go, I can bring something other people don't have. You know, how fantastic that I get to contribute that, that, you know, if my privilege is helpful, amazing, you know, I I can bring something that other people didn't get to travel growing up like I did. So I can bring my perspective to them, which is going to enhance their lives. They will have access to my experience and knowledge. I'm making their lives better. And the curiosity ensures that you do the same thing and you go, wow, you didn't grow up traveling around. Tell me about conflict resolution. Tell me about longevity. Um, and you can, you know, you can take this, you can take this in, in all sorts of directions, but whatever privileges you have by, by the story you were born into, and that includes so many things out of your control, your, your upbringing, whether you're a TCK or not, your, oh my word, your, your race, your ethnicity, your economic standing, your, the family you come from, you didn't ask for those things, but if, if you benefited from them, you can bring that benefit to others. Uh, and that, that I think helps keep things in check. I love the concept of combining empathy and curiosity to help counteract. I mean, it does so many things. It doesn't just help counteract it, but it increases your emotional intelligence through Mm. self-awareness, which is really big. And I think just gives a level of understanding that we all need. You know, I mean, I think about all of the discord that's happening, not the app, but there's the general word, <laughs> the discord that's to be happening confused. Yeah, in the US right now and how if we approached every conversation with empathy and with curiosity, how much farther in those conversations we can get. And I mean, I, you know, I finished high school in the States and um, 
was really struck by, I lived in a, in a border town in Texas and was struck by the level of poverty. Cause in my head, I thought, well, if you're in America, everybody's fine, mm-hmm. you know? And there was a homeless guy that I'd pass on my way to church and super tall, big guy, long, long, long hair. And my mom one time commented that he had a doctorate wow. and was highly educated and had, you know, really big family. And I was just, I was stunned because I thought, you know, everyone has a story. Mm -hmm. And here I had just looked at that situation and said, well, I mean, he just, this is America. You you know, you've got things at your fingertips. It shouldn't be this way. You you Mm. know, my narrative about that is one thing, but curiosity would have moved that judgment and in my mind, entitlement, you're entitled to all these things. You're in America. I mean, there's, you know, there's tons of resources at your fingertips and it would have completely changed my perception and my narrative. Just, just being curious, you know, like maybe empathy isn't your thing Mm. and you don't have the patience or the tolerance for that, but just being curious in a genuine way, not in a critical way, but in a genuine way, I think is really important because it does allow us to understand um, in a way that we may not have have wanted to or noticed how to do just in being empathetic. And I think, you know, there's not a one of us that doesn't want to tell our story or that doesn't want to be known. <laughs> so allowing someone else yeah. that privilege of giving their story and being known um, is it is it it's a risk, but it's a huge blessing. Yeah, no, it's it's very, very true. And it takes, you know, it's it's human nature. We there's another great book you know, called by, oh, uh, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kuhn. He, he just makes the point that there's two types of thinking, fast and slow. And this is a dramatic summary that, you know, he goes into fascinating depth. But in general, it, it's just pointing out that we have pattern recognition and we're, we're wired for efficiency. So we recognize patterns and move on them because you have to, I use the example of a chair. You know, we, most of us just sit in a chair because we have loads of experience that when we see something and chairs come in a load of shapes and sizes and form, but our brain is, is wired to recognize that's probably a chair. It's probably fine to sit in. So we don't do a structural integrity check every time we sit and we save so much time by not doing that. So I pattern sit recognition on an exercise is, ball, which always requires there, core. <laughs> there so. you go. So you've expanded, you, you, your pattern recognition has expanded to include even more objects. Um, and that is, that's, it's a, it's a great thing that, that we do. And, and we shouldn't turn it off because again, efficiency saves us a ton of time, right. saves calories your brain needs to, to compute other things, but there is a discipline. And I think this is where curiosity comes in. There is a discipline to being able to willingly move out of pattern recognition, especially when it comes to people and, and to give yourself a little grace because you are wired to look for patterns. So the fact that we're going to find patterns that you can't help it. And I think privilege, privilege in some ways, I think it's more constructive uh, to work on self-awareness um, than to be motivated by guilt and shame. Because if you're just going to beat yourself up, because you are looking for patterns, you can't help it. And if the pattern of your life was everyone around me gets to travel and they have all of these privileges, then your brain will continue to look for that pattern. And, and it's just going to do that. Where the awareness comes in is being able to to step out of that loop, the awareness to go, okay, you know, this pattern is not as overarching as I think. Um, so I, and I do, but that that's being motivated, I think, by by creativity rather than guilt. You know, you you didn't ask to be a TCK. Um, 
and it did it came with privileges and and you you didn't ask for them but you can make phenomenal use of them and i think the responsibility we do have is to step beyond just pattern recognition to realize the patterns we know are not the patterns everyone knows nobody's story is complete um nobody's story and and what a great thing that is that you your story is really important to other people and their story needs to be important to you again you know that that means that even if you've never been there you could get married in ireland because you know some guy who knows a farmer because he got lost because he grew up near there um you know i've benefited my gosh i i spend more time in the us now i wasn't born here i didn't grow up here and and yet i have community and i have friends i have i have access to all sorts of knowledge here because I am engaged in other people's stories um, because, because I, I mean, I didn't know how to get driver's licenses or about state taxes. Do you know each state does their own taxes here? My gosh, there were all these things that, you know, are, are just outside of my realm of experience. And it would have been, it would have been way more inefficient for me to have to become an expert in each little thing. But instead curiosity means I can benefit from people who've lived here. So I can make use, I can live here with a degree of comfort, without having grown up here because I know people who grew up here. So I get to mm-hmm. add their knowledge to me. I have access to their realm of experience. We basically all get to live multiple lifetimes through our networks. And who wouldn't want to? Why not get the most out of life? Live all you can. Live other people's lives. And on that wise note that we can all benefit from everyone's bridges. <laughs> so true. So true. Thank you for your insight. And I just, again, love everything that you talk about and that you share and just your genuine care and concern for TCKs that we all thrive in the environments that we end up in, Mm. you know, permanent or like you said, unexpected being where you are. Oh, thank you. It's, it's such a privilege. I love, I love getting to have chats like this. So thank you. Thank you once again. We'll we'll think up another reason. Don't worry. Yes. I'll take it. (laughs) Thank you. 